The following film podcast frequently contains adult content, including foul language and descriptions of adult situations. Spoilers for the films discussed occur often. Listener discretion is advised. Now take it away, Dr. Rausch. <laughs> They must be destroyed on sight! Alright, we're back. This was supposed to be episode... 162 and we're supposed to be covering the mercenary from 1968 but daniel lost the movie so uh we're just doing a little impromptu uh it'll probably be an intermission so it's, i think it's like intermission 23 or something what, like that whatever number we could just call it something so yeah. we're just gonna do the banter we're just gonna sit and we're gonna chat so all of you who just want the time code for when the movie review starts it's in the next episode. That's when the movie review starts. So yeah. you can just uh, tune out right now. You know what? I even I, I haven't even really kept up with that on the YouTube version. <laughs> I, I said I was going to do it, but it's like at this point, I'm even considering not even keeping the YouTube version of the podcast anymore, just because uh, lately a lot of old episodes have started to get struck and down. I actually have an actual community violation strike on one of really? uh, my episodes. Yeah. For what? Like, are they claiming a copyright violation for? No, does um, YouTube think that you're uploading the movie? Like, that would be even more absurd than uh, the other stuff that. No, doing. what what it is is it's like a uh, violation of content or whatever. Like, and here's and the sad thing is YouTube, they're very very obtuse about what you did wrong. Like, they won't tell you. Right. They'll just say you somehow vaguely violated one of our uh, no-nos on our uh, user agreement or whatever. So somehow I have violated community standards. So something in one of our podcasts was too lewd or something for somebody. And someone someone who hates me probably just false flagged our video is basically what it is. But It's entirely possible that someone who hates me, to be fair, mm-hmm. uh, because there are a lot of people that hate me right now. But... Most of those people are really, really terrible. So, or even worse than you. Like, so, mm, you know. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we were going to do uh, The Mercenary. We're going to have to put that off for at least a week. And, yeah, we're just going to bullshit. We, we, we do have some comments to get through. And uh, we're going to talk about what we've watched as of late. That's about it. So, we might actually not even do this shit when we do The Mercenary uh, next time. Uh, you know. Unless we have more comments. Yeah. Which, you know, always a possibility. Mm-hmm. Which you can, of course, leave at TMB, DOS. Uh, no, that's not the right spot. It's Facebook. They must be destroyed Facebook. outside on Facebook. See, fucking Daniel's totally shot my game tonight because uh, I, I have this pre-programmed fucking formula I go through now, and Daniel just put a fucking monkey wrench in the whole thing. So I did. I did. You know, I, it turned out I, I had the movie. I, I had it. I thought I had it. I somehow it got lost because apparently I just deleted it and uh, it's not streaming anywhere. I was, I was, I would have been happy to buy it. I would have been happy to spend the money to, to stream it and watch it, but it wasn't available in any way that I could get in less than uh, like four hours. So uh, yeah, Uh, it's on YouTube, not where I should see it. So no, no, no. weird. 
Anyway. <laughs> we do. Lee's gonna send me the link now. It's like, yeah, it's too late now, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, a little too late. Well, so we're doing like a live commentary. Jeff Williams pipes in, and first off, he says, "Spaghetti Western rule of thumb number one: if a guy named Sergio directed the film, it's gold." He actually corrected me because I only could think of like three Sergios who were directing uh, Italian westerns around that time, and he's like, "No, there's five. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, and at least one of them I should have known. I just remembered Sergio Martino, Sergio Leone, and Sergio Carbucci. But, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Now he gives his recommendation of the week, which is Macon County Line. He says, subtextual themes of bigotry and xenophobia are brilliantly and subtly woven into a film masquerading as a drive-in exploitation road movie. You'll never look at Jethro Bodine the same way again. All right. Don't know who Jethro Bodine is, so. Oh, I, I, but apparently, I will never look at that person the same way again. Yeah, uh, w- once we get to that film, Jeff, uh, it does sound like a good film. I think mm-hmm. we should. Uh, I, I I looked at it on the on the Facebook group. Well, I I have heard uh, good things about this film. Yes, uh, I've heard it on some podcasts and stuff that I follow. So yeah, awesome. Von Kuhlmeyer starts off. And, and by the way, Vaughn has a couple podcasts himself. Uh, he's got one on uh, this Astro Radio Z, and then he's got another one where he does a um, does a regular podcast, and he also does a special thing called the Resurrection of Fulci, where every Easter he covers a couple of uh, Fulci films. So, hmm. yeah. But he says during your Greaser's Palace podcast, one of you guys, not me, by the way, mentioned that Robert Downey Sr. was dead. So, not true. He's very much alive at 83. That was definitely my mistake. The reason I made that mistake is because Paul Thomas Anderson was, like, is presumably still a a great, like, friend of the man. During the making of Boogie Nights, he lost both his father and the the guy who, uh, uh, what's his name? He's Goulardi. Um, he, He plays one of the characters in the film. And I had uh, somehow like connected that with Robert Downey Sr. in the moment, and and thought Robert Downey Sr. had had passed on. So, yes, that's uh, my mistake. I apologize. <laughs> and then we have a YouTube comment. <laughs> <laughs> These are always the best. Yeah, uh, this was on our uh, Drive and the Driver um, podcast, mm-hmm. and this is from someone called Vin D. Could it be Vin Diesel himself? I I would hope so. I mean, he's fairly active on social media. It might be him. Sure, you never yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's possible. Uh, but here's what he says. Waste of space. Could have shown the actual movie instead of all this bullshit? Question mark? <laughs> no. <laughs> we could not have. We are not actually film distributors. Yeah. Assholes talking about movies on the internet. Mm-hmm. Here's my response to him. You could have just fucked off, but then you wasted time complaining about what was an obvious podcast about films and not the actual films themselves. Congrats, dumb fuck. You're no better than any other fucking mongoloid on YouTube. There we go. <laughs> I think I think really what you should do is uh, just stop, because you're having issues with, with the YouTube comments, uh, just move to BitChute, because then uh, it's just going to be a bunch of people uh, bitching about white genocide in all of our comments. And, uh, oh. you know. Maybe I could go to minds.com or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should just post them on Gab. I think that's the way to go. <laughs> Man, with 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 uh, the way your name is uh, being 
bandied about their their little circles as of late. We'd be really super popular on those we, fucking platforms. We would be we? we'd be very popular. We would get a lot of comments to read. I can I can assure you. Mm-hmm. It would just be whole shows of fucking Nazi douchebags saying stupid <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Cameron Sullivan, who by the way um, was nice enough to provide us with this uh, Microsoft Office document of a list of box office bombs and. Now we have to figure out what exactly he wants us to do with it because I'm not 100% sure, but we're going to look into it, Cameron. And uh, if you want to respond uh, on the Facebook group and uh, give us a better idea of what you want us to do with this list because it's a fairly large list. Um, but thank you for, for doing that and compiling it for us. We'd appreciate it. It says, if we didn't have Bronson, Jack Palance would easily be the best of the 70s era tough guys who delivers almost every time. And this is... It's, it's it's in uh, response to the fact that uh, Palance is in both of the films yeah. we're going to be doing in the next little while. So yeah, and yeah, um, no, Palance, Palance is Palance is great. I'm I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely on board with that. Although I mean I don't know like greatest of the tough guys. I mean you know he's you know he's on the list, but yeah, I mean he was. I mean, as... It's hard to it's hard to kind of go well Eastwood. But you know, like that's the obvious choice. But you know, even beyond that, you got—I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, Bronson, sure. Uh, you know, Bronson might be number one, yeah. but but even that feels like you know. I mean, hell, Franco Nero would would yeah. be you know high up on that list, higher up than than Jack Palance for me, anyway. You know, or uh, Lee Marvin, I think Lee Marvin was where I'd I'd sit because it doesn't feel like I'd have to go back and look at his uh, filmography, but it doesn't feel like he was that prolific in the 70s at least not as high profile like you just didn't yeah. see him in as many things like a, a lot of his stuff was uh very bottom of the barrel b as far as i can recall for, for the most part in the 70s yeah. so i mean how lee, lee van cleef mm-hmm. be for me you know like i mean you know i don't know maybe i mean greatest of the tough guys maybe but i don't know like it, it's just kind of tough to <laughs> I, i'm not trying to shit on jack palance here i mean i think he's great it's just sort of like on that like yeah yeah oh, i don't know how i feel about that but uh yeah you outlived most of them anyway yeah well <laughs> i think i think the only one who outlived him was like james coburn uh, yeah i mean if, if you're looking but, well you know. yeah east yeah eastwood i guess yeah if you're looking at that generation of sort of uh manly man tough guy actors uh even though they sort of fluctuated between like there's a couple different generations but uh yeah. and then honestly i'd probably stick like gene hackman in that fucking category too right oh, claudia cardinal is still alive and mm-hmm. like she, she deserves to be on that list even just based on uh once upon a time in the west so yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah so that's it for the comments uh thank you guys and uh if you want to get a little bit of a preemptive strike in and uh, do comments for the mercenary uh, next time for our next episode, then uh, feel free to leave them. And and maybe we'll do companeros as well. If we have the time to do. Yeah. It it all, it all depends on the schedule because of originally we were going to do uh, mercenary and companeros on this episode. But then I looked at, all the how my uh, work schedule changed this weekend. I was like, I don't have the fucking time to edit this shit because so, <laughs> it's going to be a big episode. So uh, yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, 
a lot of the issue lately, and I and I do apologize for some of the uh, scheduling conflict, but like we've both been very busy lately, both with work and personal life stuff, and so uh, it does. You know, th- this is this is the this is the fun. This requires virtually no effort kind of podcast, and so uh, you know that's what makes it fun for us and hopefully for the audience. But uh, it also means like, yeah, yeah, I can't be uh, bothered to uh, do this right now <laughs> if it yeah works. So. Uh, I, I will mention that uh, the second episode of Cape Shit mm-hmm. should be out in the next few days. So it should be out around right around the same time you hear this podcast. And uh, we did The Incredible Hulk, yep. the uh, the bastard stepchild of the MCU. <laughs> yeah. So the one, the one nobody likes except for like us, the three of us yeah. that were on that podcast all quite liked it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we had special guest, uh, our friend Kit Power, who's been on the show before on that, and it was an, it's an excellent podcast. I just haven't finished totally editing uh, everything yet, so uh, that should be done by Monday when you hear this, so uh, there you go. Um, so I, gonna... I, think, I think really what's going to happen now is that Kit's going to write an entire book about the Hulk. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to be based completely on, like, he came onto our podcast, and now, you know, like this is this is how Kit's going to get writing work now is coming on this podcast and uh, talking about something. So, um, oh well, maybe your, we should pick your projects well, Kit. <laughs> maybe we should uh, take up Jay Deering's uh, request and do uh, Sallow, and uh, then we'll get we'll get Kit in a Sallow book com- coming on. Uh, you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll get Kit to write about like uh, <laughs> kids eating shit, kids eating shit out of uh, metal bowls and having. <laughs> Out. That's the. That's the yeah. <laughs> I was really on board for Kit Power's book on Tommy, but this kids eating shit book really doesn't do it for me. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna play some music and probably some podcast promos, and we'll come back and talk about what we've watched in the last little while, and that'll probably end off the show. Sure. Bad movies. The world is full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Johnny Krug from Kruger Nation. And this is Rick Morgan from the Helming Power Hour. We have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. Driving through cult classics in every genre to find the holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo! Short Bus Cinema. We'd love to watch the movies you hate. Looking for something different in your podcast library? Then why not check out the podcast Under the Stairs? I'm the host Duncan McLeish and joining me each week will be a special guest as we examine some classic old school 
horror favourites, as well as some modern classics. That's not to say that we don't tackle some of the, let's say, more questionable entries into the horror genre. And if all that wasn't enough, we have a subset of shows called Baz V Horror, where our horror novice, The Baz, tackles horror in all shapes and forms to see who will come out victorious. So what are you waiting for? The show can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com and on Stitcher and iTunes. The Podcast Under The Stairs is a proud member of Legion Podcast Network. This is Duncan McLeish from Under The Stairs, signing off. you go first daniel anything you've watched lately you want to mention sure i actually want to mention something i haven't watched yet but i'm really curious about that showed up on netflix recently and that is there's an extended edition of the hateful eight but they've split it into four parts that really they're treating it like like a like a tv miniseries or something and i think that this is like a an interesting thing that i've seen people kind of talk about like maybe it's in like selected markets or something Mm-hmm. But uh, so there's like apparently it's it's four like hour long segments, you know, a four episode series. And I think that it just speaks to the uh, the fact that, you know, people, it's, you know, I'll speak for myself here, you know, like a, a lot of times if I'm uh, going to sit down and I'm going to watch something on, on, on Netflix, I'm not necessarily thinking like, oh, yeah, two hour movie. Well, that's two hours and I don't necessarily want to sit for that long, but I'll sit and watch, you know, an episode of, you know. 30, 45 minute episode of a TV series. And then I'll right. just sit and watch three or four of those because, you know, it feels more disposable mm-hmm. or it feels more consumable. And so I think it just, I don't know. It was just like this weird thing. I'm like, Oh, you've taken this movie, this, which was advertised at the time it was released seven years ago or not. What is it? 20, is it 2012? No, it's 2015, right? Yeah. I yeah, yeah. 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 No, Django and Jane is 2012. So, so yeah, no, um, 2015. So like four years ago, it was literally advertised as like the giant roadshow production in like 70 millimeter, and now it's oh yeah, watch it on Netflix in four hour long parts with like some extra footage added. And I, you know, I'm I'm interested in consuming it in that format and seeing kind of kind of what the what the experience is like, honestly. Yeah, um, I know it's on Canadian Netflix. I don't know if they do the split it up into four parts. Thing. Yeah, no, it's it was available. I mean, it's probably still available in the original edition on U.S. Netflix. 
it literally just showed up and I was like, what the fuck is this? And I haven't even like clicked on it yet, but yeah. I was kind of really fascinated. I, I mean, I think that's something I'm actually going to like make the time to do is, is rewatch it in that format. So, you know, yeah. we'll see. I don't think they've released the full length movie that was shown in theaters on DVD. Have they like, it's, it's a chopped down version or something, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, I own either the Blu-ray or the DVD and it, it's like the three hour and something. Minute yeah. Cuts. Yeah, no, I I mean, maybe this is just the full, you know, kind of roadshow version. Maybe that's what this is. I don't know. I literally did no work on it. I just saw it yesterday and went like, you know, well, that's that's interesting. You yeah. Know, do that. And, uh, well, you know. it, may, it makes sense because I'm pretty sure when they actually were doing the roadshow thing with it, they had intermissions, right? Like, there right, was, right. yeah. So. I would imagine they would they would kind of do it as a as like a kind of like a, you know, two two hour segments with, you know, kind of like a. 20 minute intermission or something in between. Yeah. It's interesting that these streaming platforms are experimenting with kind of different ways of kind of delivering content. I saw somebody, you know, just kind of talking on Twitter that they, you know, there was like this TV series, quote unquote, that was like consumed, composed of like six, 15 to 17 minute episodes. And uh, no, this is an indie film. They've just cut it into, they've just made it into some like TV thing. I mean, and I think that that does like affect the way we consume these things. I think that's, I mean, it's just interesting to kind of think about like, you know, because so much of like kind of what we look at is, you know, so much of the stuff that we look at is kind of like, yeah, there's 30 good minutes in this like 90 minute movie. And uh, that's kind of worth following. But then there's a lot of stuff that's kind of like, yeah, no, if I could just watch that like a little like good 20 minutes in the, in the middle, like uh, I'd be perfectly okay with that. So uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a weird, uh, weird headspace to kind of enter with, with these kind of things. Yeah. You see that series that's on uh, Netflix right now. It's the, uh, I guess it's love death and robots or something along those I, lines. I've been wanting to watch that. I have not actually seen it yet, but it's like this anthology series. It's sort of, mm-hmm. just, I mean, I don't know. There's some really good stuff. I mean, you know, Netflix, you know, like the Netflix model gets a lot of shit right now because it's sort of like, it's designed to just addict you and kind of suck you in and make you do, uh, you know, just kind of make you keep consuming content until you die of a heroin overdose or whatever. <laughs> um, uh, but also, uh, you know, they they do things like uh, like that, or they do things like Russian Doll and and stuff that's, that's yeah. really kind of innovative and stuff that really is kind of giving creators the space to do something interesting. And I I still think there's uh, there's room to grow. There's a lot of like really interesting stuff being done. And I just I don't know. I saw it and I thought I you know I have no idea what Tarantino's like kind of involvement in that is or kind of where the kind of where that went. It's just sort of I don't know. I'm probably gonna click out in here in the next few days and uh, give it a look. Anyway. Yeah. I did actually watch something, All right. as opposed to just talking about something that I didn't watch, but which brought up thoughts in my head. I rewatched the uh, the Get Smart movie, the uh, Steve Carell and Hathaway oh, yeah. film. Have you seen this? I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I didn't. I saw watch it theatrically. I saw it theatrically. I really liked it as kind of a goofy. I mean, it's very much like that era of like action comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just kind of on that kind of like baseline enjoyable kind of thing. Um, it holds up pretty well. Um, I'm a big Anne Hathaway fan for a whole lot of reasons. And I mean, I think she's just unspeakably gorgeous, like just mm-hmm. kind of impossibly attractive. You shouldn't even exist as a human being. And so I'm kind of inclined to anything that she's in. I'm like, yeah, I'm, 
this is I'm probably gonna get something out of this, you know. But uh, <laughs> she's really good in it. I think she's really funny. She's obviously very sexy. Uh, Steve Carell. This is kind of him at the kind of the peak of his uh, kind of comedy prowess. I really like the fact that he's he hadn't made the transition into a kind of more dramatic actor, which he's kind of done. You know, things like The Big Short and a bunch of other stuff that he's done lately has been more kind of honing his dramatic chops. This is a lot more kind of still being the funny man, but you can see that he's got a little bit more depth going on. He's got a little bit more subtlety and he's not kind of going for the joke. He's really kind of more willing to kind of play it slightly understated. And I think it really works for the character. And I think that the core of that movie really does have like a a kind of an interesting dynamic. There really is kind of a story there, even though it's kind of just an excuse to kind of do kind of goofy goofy action sequences you know it's, it's sort of like imagine if austin powers wasn't total shit That's <laughs> um and i wish that i wish we had more than one of them like i could totally see like a sequel that would not be as good as the original but uh would would be um all right also uh uh dwayne johnson the rock he's mm-hmm. in it and he's very funny so you know i for some reason i thought there was a sequel no, there was like a side movie with two characters, like two side characters. Oh, yeah, there was like this like online only or like direct video or something. Like yeah. Was, yeah, like two of the, there are these two guys, and one of them I think is the guy who played Hero from Heroes. Mm. Um, I may be completely mistaken there, but I never watched Heroes. But no, there, there was, uh, there was like this, uh, I don't think it got the actual release. I think it was just sort of a, like an online yeah. Um, yeah, there, there was, there was kind of a little spinoff there. I mean, I think they thought this was going to make like enough money to sort of, you know, kind of justify a franchise, but, uh, unfortunately it did just kind of like it. I I mean, it made some money. It did, it did the thing it was going to do, but not really, it wasn't like successful enough to really kind of justify more going on. It's that era of filmmaking that's just been like completely crushed by the kind of giant franchise model at this point. So um yeah, no, I I just I, I thought it was uh, kind of amusing and entertaining. I enjoyed the rewatch. Uh probably won't be rewatching it often. There's some really cringy stuff in it, particularly around sort of the the fat politics and stuff that was not fun. But uh yeah, pretty good. Oh, one more I, I'll just mention I've been watching a lot of rewatching some comedies lately. I have said on this podcast before that like Dodgeball, a true under underdog story, mm-hmm. my like favorite films of its kind, like in terms of like goofy comedy. Oh my god, I tried to rewatch that. Like I watched the first like seven or eight minutes of it and turned like it is very dated. Like it just feels like, oh god, I cannot even like begin to watch this anymore. It's just <laughs> so of that moment. And I still remember loving it and I loved it then and I don't feel bad about loving it then, but my God, have we moved so much further from that like style of comedy in the last 15 years. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'll mention that I watched, um, well, I did watch a really good cam version of Endgame. Endgame, Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it won't be Bobby Fisher movie. No. Um, but I won't be talking about that until like probably it's like, been like three. a year and a half from now. Something yeah, like that, yeah. <laughs> I'll just say it was really good, and I'll leave it at that. Okay, fair uh, enough. Won't, won't go spoilers or none of that shit. But uh, it, it was funny because it was it was a cam version, one of the better cam versions I've ever seen, where it's like almost HD in, in quality, right. and <laughs> you, you could count like all the uh, all the Chinese people in the theater who periodically get up to take pee breaks. It's so long, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, so that was kind of amusing. Uh, I, I, I kind of think like it, it would just be funny for them, 
put that as like a DVD extra, like grab one of these cam versions because who's going to sue them, right? And then and then throw it on one of their bonus discs. Here's here's the cam version of in End Games. See if you can uh, play the, uh, the the pee break game and uh, <laughs> take a drink. I think I think there is a sort of like I really love the idea of like uh, packaging some of these like big event pictures with also sort of the online culture surrounding it. So, mm-hmm. so that you can. So I mean, so much of the, the the joy of seeing these is kind of seeing them like opening weekend or seeing them like the midnight showing or whatever. And I mean, the idea of like kind of filming one of the audiences of like kind of seeing it from the back and kind of getting the sense of like actually watching it with an audience again. Well, uh, I can sort of see like a. The, I mean, there's there's a place for that, you know. Well, I think both uh, Robert uh, Rodriguez and Tarantino have included on some of their films uh, a commentary track where it's basically the live theater reaction and you watch right. the film along with that on with with that going and i've i've uh, i've played that i think it was with um oh it was with the grindhouse films oh yeah yeah. Was. yeah and it, that was quite the experience i liked it it was it was kind of neat like sitting in your room in the dark with the big screen and watching it and you know you got the you got the audience background music. It's probably even more effective if you got your speakers all set up, you know, around you and shit surround sound. But um, yeah, it was, was kind of neat. I could see doing that with headphones. I think that would be a really fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, yeah. so that you're kind of immersed in it. Yeah, no. Yeah. The one thing I did watch. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny that we've gotten to the point in, in terms of like pop culture, like analysis, where it's like, imagine like getting to like capture the experience of like leaving the house and seeing a movie <laughs> yeah. with like other human beings. You know, like. Yeah. Um, imagine like that experience without having to actually deal with the human beings. Yeah. <laughs> without, a, without actually having to like expose yourself to the holy polloi. Oh, that, that, that would be, that would be amazing. Wouldn't it? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I'll mention is a film from 2017 called revenge. It's a French film. I don't have the director's name in front of me, female uh, director, and it's basically this film about, um, it's a rape revenge film, but it's probably the most highly stylized and uh, just kind of like lovely looking and in a way rape revenge films I've ever seen, which is a weird thing to say. But it's this uh, young girl, he's, she's basically like the trophy mistress of this uh, French businessman who's uh, owed it as like a holiday retreat in some desert somewhere and uh he's got like he's got the nice house and the pool and everything like that and so he's taking her out there to bang her and uh, you know and every once in a while he's periodically like phoning his wife and oh yeah what drapes are you picking for the house and oh that sounds beautiful and that's great and oh yeah i'm uh, you know, work's keeping me a little bit. I'll I'll be home soon, and uh, you you just you know keep doing what you're doing, and then eh, back to fucking the mistress. Our main girl, uh, she's portrayed at first as being just sort of like a, an airhead, you know, kind of a flirtatious airhead. And two of this guy's friends show up. Uh, they were going on a hunting trip, but their plans got changed, so they show up at the most inopportune time. And so he's got to host them. And he goes away to uh, make some arrangements and she gets raped in the morning by one of them. And the other guy just sort of turns around and looks the other way and then lets it happen. So when the boyfriend uh, comes home, what a pal, what a pal. Yeah. What a great guy, you know, bros, bros before hoes, that kind of thing. Right. No, exactly. Um, And so when the guy comes home, he, you know, he's understandably upset. You, you raped my, my uh, mistress, you know, what the fuck? Um, he's more upset that they damaged his property more than anything else, though, as you get the impression, right? And 
so because he's women, like, women are women are people. It's it's you know <laughs> to this guy definitely they aren't. So he tries to buy her off and like buy her silence and says like I can give you tons of money in your bank account and you can go off to Canada or someplace and start a new life and career and all that shit and it can all be great. And she she makes the mistake of saying fuck you, take me home, or I'm going to call your wife and tell her everything. So that immediately takes to a chase in the desert. And she ends up getting pushed off a very large cliff and falling and being impaled on this old dead tree. And so they think she's dead. And they're like, well, we'll, you know, casually go and collect the body later and uh, dispose of it. But she survives and she gets herself off the tree in a very graphic and gross way. Like this film, it it takes from like the French horror films of the last few Mm -hmm. years where it's very extreme and and it's gore and uh, visceral sort of quality. And she basically picks herself up and starts taking revenge on these motherfuckers. And, and it becomes like a highly stylized action film in parts. Like it it gets a little uh, hyper realistic at, at times, you know, but it's, pretty fucking good it was really enjoyable i I enjoyed every bit of it i just watched it all the way through and to see these guys get fucking just their asses murdered in bloody fashion my by the time you get to the end of the film there's so much fucking blood like the, the climax of the film comes back to the douche bros fucking house and they have this confrontation where they're chasing each other around the house with shotguns and there is so much fucking blood by the end of it, all over the fucking house. It's, like, unbelievable. You, they, they would both technically be dead. Like, they, there's no way they both would have bled out. But at that point, you don't care anymore. It's just so fucking well done. And it's, it's like, very grounded and real at times. You know, so there's a nice contrast between, like, the hyper-stylized stuff and then just this really visceral stuff going on. And uh, I, I found it really enjoyable. It sounds like kind of a combination of, like, a Blue Ruin and Drive. That's like not a bad. Like, that's not a bad um, comparison, actually. Yeah, that's that's actually kind of spot on. I think, and and like the director, she has a real eye for like uh, symbolism and stuff. Like, there's a ni- nice little images that keep popping up and and recurring. At one point, she has to get the rest of the, like the tree limb out of her, and <laughs> she takes um, this really powerful. Uh, it's, it's either peyote or mushrooms. I can't remember which, which one it was, but she's in this like cave and she starts a fire. She takes the uh, drugs to uh, dull the pain. And then she takes like an old beer can that's in, in uh, one of the, one of the guy's uh, backpacks that she kills and then takes a shit. <laughs> it's got like this uh, Phoenix logo on the beer can and she heats the can up. Like she sticks it with, uh, with her knife and, and puts it in the fire and then uses that to cauterize the wound. And then she gets this, basically this like Phoenix tattoo on her. And it's kind of like symbolic of, Oh, she's risen from the flames kind of thing, you know, yeah. which, which sounds for me describing it a little on the nose, mm-hmm. but, uh, Willing to accept is probably a little like actually effective. Uh, it is like you're you're like a hundred percent behind her at this point. It's like yeah, yeah, she's back. She's gonna kick some ass. Like it, she kind of gets like badass, like uh, Domino or something like that. You know, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. a way, yeah, pretty yeah, good no. stuff. Yeah, no, that that sounds uh, that sounds interesting. We'll have to check that out for sure. Yeah. Uh yeah, but that's about all I have. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, uh, so we should uh, then do another uh, transition and come back to a movie. Except uh, we didn't watch any movies, so yeah, um, we're done. So, 
So this is the end. So this, um, feels, this feels very anticlimactic. I'm very sorry. What you should really do at this point is include like an hour of like blank uh, audio, just so that the audience will uh, they'll be, com- be, they'll be comfortable. They won't be yeah, weirded yeah. out too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like just cut in, just cut in like an hour. Like just pick a random episode and then just like cut an hour from the middle <laughs> and then just stick that in so that people can then listen to you know something that they might not have heard. You know. From way back in our back catalog, something, some some ex- obscure like fifteen minutes of us talking about like Oasis of the Zombies or something like that. <laughs> that was a good episode, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Daniel, tell people where they can find you on the interwebs. I think find me uh, on Twitter. I'm at Daniel Lee Harper. Uh, you can find the uh, the main thing I'm doing right now is I'm talking about really terrible people genocidal racist on the internet and uh you can find that at i don't speak german dot com. yeah i'm doing that with my buddy jack graham i assume if you're listening to this podcast you know uh, what that is so you know it's fine go check it out if you're not aware that i talk about nazis a lot yeah he just did a good episode on uh stephanie manure there uh or <laughs> stephanie manu whatever the fuck his name is stefan molyneux we just yeah uh, we basically where i giggled through his uh you know it's funny like people wanted me to do that one and i went oh sure i can do that like that's fine you know it, it's worth doing you know sure and uh literally as i was like prepping for it i'm just like how, how do you this guy is so ridiculous how do you yeah just sit there and just sit there and giggle at the pseudo intellectual and just yeah, like, and like yeah. He, he's such a he's such a fool. It's not even worth like you know really giving him the effort. But it's there. That was a fun episode. Uh, yeah. Most recent one we discussed the uh, Errol Morris documentary Mister Death, and uh, oh, yeah. talking about uh, Holocaust denial. Um, and that was part one of a two parter. So you know, uh, there there you know some of them uh, talking about how ridiculous Stefan Molyneux is. Other ones, uh, you know. Uh, how people pretend genocide didn't happen. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's just the nature <laughs> of that podcast. You know, even the even the fun ones have like you know a dark uh, ulterior heart, you know, in them. So uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, this is my goof off thing that I do when I'm not doing that podcast. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> this is this is the cool down from talking about shitty people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com where you can find all their requisite links for Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook group, all that good stuff. And we will be back next time with either just the mercenary or the mercenary and companioneros. We'll see. But what until have, then... What have we decided to do? Or maybe we'll just do another uh, bullshit session like this one. Like, yeah. You know, why not? <laughs> Uh, but uh, thanks for listening guys and we'll see you again soon goodbye goodbye cheers
You've been listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. For other episodes, our links to Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and our Facebook group, as well as links to podcasts and websites of similar interest, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through. <laughs>